This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries, official sponsor of Faction 46 and Nice Motorsports Truck Series teams. Forney offers versatile welding and plasma cutting machines, along with a full line of metalworking accessories for beginners, do-it-yourselfers, and professionals. Forney has everything you need for your next metalworking project. Shop for these top-of-the-line products at ForneyIND.com, that's F-O-R-N-E-Y-I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's so, the first deal they built, I bet? No, no, you know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped-up car, and he, he complained that the government gave him these piece-of-crap, cheapo cars and that, that were really no match, but he thought he was doing pretty good. And then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappeared. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And it, it, as he said, it was a game of chicken and I was a chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. <laughs> So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Bought Podcast. Hello, folks. I am Joshua Lepowski, and welcome into Next Gen Creators, the Daily Downforce podcast, where we talk to the next generation of NASCAR content creators. Joshua Lepowski here with you. And hey, be sure to follow the Daily Downforce on social media at Daily Downforce on Twitter, at Daily Downforce on Instagram, the Daily Downforce on Facebook as well. Be sure to give that a follow and be sure to check out DailyDownforce.com for some special daily NASCAR content. Yes, every day, all throughout the offseason, too, we are going to have NASCAR content for you on Daily dailydownforce.com be sure to check that out and uh obviously be sure to give us a message on twitter as well too our dms are open on twitter so be sure to give us a message as well our next guest here on next gen creators is jet mdk jet kraus today he joins us and you know jet is uh you know a little bit newer to the content creation game in terms of you know being in the news side joined in the news side around you know the uh, early 2020s around 2020s when he started doing it more uh, uh consistently after a brief break that he mentioned but uh, he is someone that's been in content creation for a few years now, and he is someone that's uh, seen some really cool things happen to him here 
this year as well. So he talks a lot about his philosophy as a content creator, you know, what it is that sets him apart, what makes him unique. Also a lot about, you know, how he tries to make himself very entertaining. And at the end, we also talk about how important for him that it is being, you know, one of the uh, few content creators, a uh, few uh, content creators of color that are in, you know, the NASCAR content creation community and how important that is for him for uh, reaching that community with his content and making NASCAR a more diverse fan base uh, than it already is. So without further ado, this is Next Gen Creators with Jet MDK. And now it is time to welcome in Jet Krause, Jet MDK onto Next Gen Creators. Joshua Lepowski here with you as well. And uh, Jet, thank you so much for jumping on with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll we'll just get started here. You know, you've been in YouTube for a little while, for about the last, you know, seven, eight years or so. You started off doing a lot of uh, gaming videos, NASCAR Thunder, you know, the Utechnics NASCAR games, that sort of stuff. You know, what was it that got you into uh, content creation in the first place? So it was, I want to say around 2012, 2013, I've been watching at that point in time, around that time, Minecraft was really big and seeing other Minecraft creators make their videos out. Part of me was like, I kind of want to do the same thing. And so I made my own Minecraft videos at the time. Uh, but I also, as everyone knows, I have a huge passion for NASCAR. NASCAR was, you know, my number one favorite thing to watch, to do anything with that. And even during my downtime, if I was playing console games just for fun, whatever it was, NASCAR 15, NASCAR Thunder 2004, I would be commentating the races. I'd be talking with it as if I was recording, just by did this for fun. After a little while, seeing other NASCAR creators start to do less plays and things like that kind of gave me the confidence that, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Because I knew still around that age that NASCAR was still a very niche community, especially on YouTube. So didn't really feel like there was a, a platform for that. But when I started seeing other content creators start to do less plays, I thought, hey, I want to start and try and do something like that, but have my own twist to things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool there. And uh, man, I mean, you and me the same. We watched a lot of Minecraft videos growing up in that in that day and age. And uh, talk talk about a video game that's gone on over uh, a lot of changes in the recent years. But uh, yeah, you and I both the same way. We both watched a lot of Minecraft content in the early years. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I, there, I mean, there was a time with me and my buddies, we would go after we were done with middle school, we would just be binge watching Minecraft videos, or even sometimes during lunch hour, we would talk about Minecraft, talk about what Minecraft videos we saw. I mean, we were like addicted to it. Um, and now when I talk to some other friends, and now I kind of have that same addiction feeling now with NASCAR, but from a completely different way of of looking at it. instead of just watching content and so you're making content as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's always an interesting kind of a jump to make, you know, when you're going into creating content and, and, and that sort of stuff. And so, you know, for you, you talked about putting your spin on your own spin on a, a gaming in a way. And, you know, that's something that, you kind of have to do as a as a content creator is you have to find a way to kind of build your brand and make yourself uh, unique. How do you try to do that through some of your videos? And what did you try to do in some of those early years? In the in the gaming videos, it was, it was very difficult because you couldn't really do much. And I also didn't know much about what to do because I think when I started doing this, it was around 2014, 2015. I was like 12, 13 years old. I had like, I think I use a software called Camtasia. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's a very like small video editing software. And I try to make it more like a broadcast style of thing. So I'll include like graphics at the opening intro, like kind of like a broadcast TV Fox style of things. Um, I even had a couple races I did like retro graphics, a ticker to just, just to try and find any ways to make it different than what you're seeing on other people's channels that also did let's play videos. Like I would have like NBC graphics, TNT, Fox, ESPN, like try to make it different visually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really cool that you did that in some of those early videos. That was, um, you know, really kind of cool to see there. So, you know, a as a NASCAR fan, you know, what was it that got you into NASCAR as a whole to start out with? Well, I, I if you, I think to really, describe my my love for nascar it has to start with my dad my dad in my dad's german and my dad especially if you grew up in germany even if you knew nothing about racing you knew michael schumacher 
And my dad was huge Michael Schumacher fan, huge F1 fan. So I was, I knew more about F1 than I did about NASCAR, but I knew racing in general. I, I had an idea what racing is through my dad. Um, and then still to this day, my favorite movie ever, Cars came out and I would watch that movie nonstop. Uh, I knew Dale Jr. I knew Daryl Cartrip at that, you know, as he was calling the movie. And that was really my first entry if you would say into rate nascar or stock car racing but i still remember this it was february of 2009 i was at my grandparents place my mom went out my mom and my parents went out to like eat whatever like that and i was just scrolling through the channel you know you know the tv guy didn't know what was on no cartoons that were fun to watch and i stumbled upon this race it was a 2009 budweiser shootout and it reminded me so much of cars the 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 track especially the cars are still the the thing i remember most seeing the the yellow red shell car of kevin harvick uh the red and gray of tony stewart the flames of gordon um and then see jimmy johnson that lowe's car just seeing the cars where they're bouncing around the racetrack three wide racing i mean it looked awesome it because it reminded me so much of the movie and then, of course, what got me really hooked onto it was, I think, it was a crash on the final lap, which I hate saying that part because it just it just sounds dirty to say, oh, I became a fan because of a crash. But it really made me feel like, whoa, this is this is cool what I'm seeing. This is not like football or basketball, what I'm used to seeing on TV. This is something different. It is awesome to see. And just from that race alone, I was hooked and I wanted to see the next race. <laughs> absolutely and and did you become a diehard fan like immediately after that were you watching every race every week or did it did it take you a while to kind of get to that point following that it, yes and no it took me a while just because i knew nothing about nascar and i didn't know what channels nascar were on i didn't know like is this like a saturday thing so i knew nothing about that but i was later on into the end of 2009 I started to get more familiar with it and it grew over time. I started to knew to know when the races were, what tracks coming up and things like that. Um, I will say though, I did become a diehard fan of Jimmy Johnson just from that race alone, uh, because that 48 car still to this day, one of my favorite paint schemes and he ran in 2009. And I remember because it's, uh, uh, it was something that I saw outside of NASCAR. My dad was having to construction work and I would go with him to Lowe's all the time. And I would be seeing right before you leave Lowe's, go Team 48 and I would see the Jimmy Johnson car and himself. I had no idea what it was. Like there was even a Winston Cup series at, uh, that he had. I'm like, what the hell is Winston? I had no idea what was happening, <laughs> what I was seeing, but I saw 48 Lowe's. And when I saw it on the racetrack on TV, I'm like, I like him. I like that car. I'm gonna I'm a pick that guy. Once I got to learn more about Jimmy's character, I started to become a real fan of the guy himself. And, you know, by the end of the season, I was a diehard NASCAR fan. I was able to know more about the races, what I was seeing, and a diehard Jimmy Johnson fan from that point on. Yeah, I mean, that that Lowe's 48 car, I mean, you knew exactly what was uh, you, you knew exactly what was happening when that car was going to the front. I will say I was a I grew up a Jeff Gordon fan. So sometimes that uh, that 48 car annoyed me just a little bit. But, uh, you know, <laughs> trust me, I, I I get it. I mean, that was, uh, you know, that was, um, you know, quite a quite the era in NASCAR. That was the era I grew up in as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's a season I remember very well. So, you know, you 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 mentioned that how you got into NASCAR through just kind of, you know, you know, the connection you made with going to Lowe's with your dad, that sort of stuff, and just kind of developing it. So, you know, what was it? You mentioned how you got into NASCAR content creation being inspired kind of like by Minecraft. You know, was that, you know, what what was it that inspired you specifically to do NASCAR content as a result? Well, it was, you know, once I started watching more and more of NASCAR, I realized very early on that I wanted to do something with the sport. At first, it was, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone had this, oh, I want to be a NASCAR driver. And yeah, that idea was very dead in the water. <laughs> but I wanted to have to do something with this sport. Like, I wanted to show my love for the sport. And so when you coincide with the fact that when I started doing more Minecraft videos, I was starting to get more involved in content creating and knew this was something that I really had a passion for, was making videos. Along that with the rise of my love for NASCAR, you know, around late 2014, I, 2014, it was, I think, the perfect time where I can mesh those two together. My love of content creating, because even though Minecraft was fun, 
I mean, NASCAR was very quickly at the time, my number one passion. I knew I wanted to do something with it. I couldn't be a driver, couldn't do it, but I wanted to do something with the sport that to show my passion for it. And I thought content creating and seeing what other people are doing on YouTube was the best way uh, to be involved with the sport coincide with the fact to show my passion for something that I enjoy doing that's making videos and doing entertainment. Mm -hmm. And NASCAR content creation at that time was uh, not nearly the same as it was today. I mean, it was definitely, you know, you didn't see a lot of like, you know, news content creators and stuff like that. You saw a lot of gaming stop motion. Those were kind of the big things kind of in NASCAR at that time. It was, it was a much different, uh, much different time in that era. And you're talking like early to mid 2010s here is kind of that time frame we're looking at here. Yeah, it, it was really the, if, if the only way I think to have some type of voice or audience in NASCAR was through gaming. Um, and it wasn't around, I want to say around the 2016 season, the beginning of 2016, I was still having fun playing games, but I knew I wanted to expand on that. I knew that I couldn't just do gaming. Yeah. You know, I knew that was something that I just couldn't do. And I wanted to show more of my personality, show more of my face, because one thing I was also getting real invested in around 2016 was the broadcasting side. I was very interested in hearing Mike Joy call races earlier than that, Alan Bestwick, just how they called races. And you could see in, later on in my gaming videos, I would try to emulate that. I would try to talk like how a commentator would talk. Uh, you know, kind of put myself in like a third person situation and describe what's happening as if I was Mike Joy. And so I knew around that time when 2016 came into play that I wanted to dive into the more real life side of NASCAR and the news or race preview side of things. And that's something I really started working to experiment on um, and knew that I would have to leave gaming at some point in time because also to prep myself for the real world side of things, having your face, putting your voice out there in a way that can be attractive if you want to have some type of job or anything like that down the line, whether it's through broadcasting or TV, some type of way in real life. Even though it's YouTube and it's still a niche, at least you have something there. With gaming, you can't really, there's no, there's not much substance to it compared to if you're doing real life news, previews, content type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you mentioned broadcasting in there, you know, was that, you know, what, what was, what was it that made you so interested in the broadcasting side of things? And did you like, you know, did your goal become, I want to be a NASCAR broadcaster when I grow up or become a sports broadcaster or something like that? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. When, um, like I said, when I started to learn more about the sport and wanting to have some type of way to be connected with that sport, it was first looking at through how a race broadcast was produced visually, you know, through graphics and things like that. That's why I incorporated that into my gaming videos, more graphic designs, making more visually nice to find a way to make it different. Um, and then through just hearing how much an announcer plays uh, or not plays, but I should say adds on to a moment. A lot of people remember a race moment, but a lot of people also remember what they heard with like with best week in 2001 at Daytona, how a story or how a moment is being told is something I just really gravitated towards and just wanted to have like a little piece of that. And so much so that I would replay just for fun. I would replay certain NASCAR races, NASCAR moments, and just have my own voice in it as if I was it, I was there. It's just something that just, I just very, uh, had a very uh, passionate, uh, love for I became very attached to it just the broadcasting side of just being able to tell a story you know what you're seeing on the racetrack uh, just being able to have that voice is something I just really wanted to have uh, a role in and it kind of expanded that to YouTube yeah I mean there's always you know getting into the broadcast side of of the business in any way it's very interesting it's very awesome I mean I'm someone that's been involved in in, in broadcasting too as well um and it's also uh you know I guess uh Again, you know, just for realize I, I'm realizing rapidly as I grow up that I'm not the only one that would commentate over old races or video games or things like that uh, to kind of practice my broadcasting skills when I was a kid. <laughs> so um, learning that very rapidly kind of as uh, as time goes on. And so you mentioned how you were trying to kind of add to your portfolio, you know, 
by going into news and that's what you were kind of trying to do so you know what was kind of your rough outline or rough philosophy for your first news relate for when you started doing more news nascar type stuff and when was the timeline for that it was it was mid 2016 and one the thing that really made me want to jump into it was um, I was watching NASCAR race day. I would always watch the pre-race shows leading up to the race. And the thing that really kind of annoyed me, so to say, was that it would take an hour long of of production, things like that, that you could really shorten up in about eight, 10 minutes. Everything you need to know can just be shorn up to eight to 10 minutes. And there wasn't, at least as far as I knew, no, there wasn't any content at that time that would have like these pre-race shows leading up to a race about what you need to know, who qualified where, who wants to watch, whatever. And I think the first video I did it on was the Breakout 400 because at that time you had, it was a big story because it was Tony Stewart's final ride there. Jeff Gordon was coming back. A lot of stories leading up to that race. I kind of thought this would be a perfect time because it is a big event. It's, it is a crown jewel event. It would be the perfect time to kind of start that transition, having a crown jewel event with a lot of big time storylines. You don't need an hour long uh, on top of that with the commercials and things like that to get what you need for a race. You know, like, especially at that time with race day, it was kind of pretty dull to watch. If you want to know what happens, everything you need to know in one condensed video bam here you go instead of having to wait you know or maybe go through the internet you know just everything there in this one video so that you don't have to scourge whether it's on tv twitter social media whatever to find what you need yeah and it's interesting kind of how youtube has kind of played such a role in being that you know i mean i, I talked with this a little bit uh with uh baloney burger who's a guest that uh you know we've had on the show here as well and you know we talked you know he talked to me a little bit about you know then where we talked about how his videos they're intentionally very short because you know it, it you're trying to condense all this information trying to put it in one place that's easy to consume because a lot of people you know they can't sit down for an hour on a Sunday morning and, and watch a pre-race show. You know, they need, you know, they're on the go, they have things they're doing. And so it's good to have something that they can easily just kind of look at, sit down, watch for a few minutes and get the idea. Okay. This is what's going on today. This is what we need to watch for. Those are the types of things that we, we kind of have to look for. And, and, and to this point, you know, you really haven't strayed too far away from that basic philosophy either. Yeah. It's, it's, it's still, want to be able to kind of have a simple format here's what it is and my like and my thoughts you know i don't want to present a video in the way that can be complicated or that still leaves you questions about what's going on in a certain story uh the twist that i like to add with my videos is that especially as of late to be still be that type of commentator that broadcaster but to make it less I don't want to say less formal, but more kind of uh, my true feelings. You know, one thing I don't want to be is monotone. I don't want to be like, if there's something going on, I just give it to you in a way that shows no emotion. If I'm happy about it, I'm going to tell you I'm happy. If I'm mad, angry, I'm going to show you that I'm mad or angry about it. Like, I don't want to be this you know, be a commentator that just gives you news and things like that. I want to do to ingest it in a way that's both informative and also entertaining. Yeah, and that's so important when you're doing anything related to broadcast or YouTube and that sort of stuff, because what you're trying to do is you're, you know, you're trying to keep an audience entertained and, you know, having honest thoughts, honest emotions is something that you need to have. But you also have to balance that, too, with trying to remain, you know, objective and fair in a lot of aspects and, and trying to balance that. So for you personally, how do you work to strike that balance that you're trying to, to that you're trying to deal with? I, I think the the best way to do it is to kind of well, one thing I do is if I see a story that even if it's deemed a little bit controversial, okay, let me look on social media. Let me hear what do people think about it? You know, because I may have one feeling about it, but I may not be getting the full story. And I don't want to talk about something I don't have the full picture of. So I look at, okay, maybe let's say if there's a story that has its support and its doubters. Okay, what do the people that support us say? All right, they say A, B, C, D. Okay, that makes sense. Well, what do people that doubt us say? They say whatever, whatever. I'm like, all right. I like certain things about this, I like certain things about that, and kind of just create my own conclusion from that based on what 
both sides say and be able to come up with a conclusion that kind of meets the middle. That's like, okay, I will tell you I don't like it, but I'm explaining to you why, but I will say, okay, but there are some things that's like, I get what they're trying to do. I understand it, but this is how I feel about it. I will tell you what you need to know in an informative matter. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything about it. I'm not going to skew it. I'm going to tell you this is what's going on. And I'm going to try and give you a explanation or reasoning from my standpoint on why I think this is good or bad or something that kind of meets the middle. I see a lot of times on just YouTube channels in general, you get a story and they just focus on one part. They focus on one part or one side that fits their bias, that fits their uh, ideology. I don't want to do that. I, there have been times where I've said things and I've been wrong about it. Like I said personal feelings about it. That's been wrong and that's completely fine. I'm not going to you know, be the type of person that just tries to skewer things so that I'm always right. I will say, I've said this in videos, look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Like I will outright say that uh, because I don't want to leave the viewer misinformed uh, or at a worse point, just completely uh, uh, given false information, you know? Yeah, and that makes sense. And that's the balance that you have to strike. And that's what you have to think about whenever you're making the type of videos that you are is making sure that you have every side of the story to make sure that you're totally well informed. Because, you know, if you're if you're not. Then it just doesn't make you it, it, it doesn't make you look good. And it, and that's the type of thing that a lot of people aren't fans of, you know, and that sort of stuff. And just trying to keep that balance, you know, between both sides while also remaining true to yourself. And those are all the things that you you kind of have to deal with. So, mm -hmm. you know, you were you were kind of mentioning how you were at this timeline around 2016, you know, was when you started kind of developing, you know, started doing the news type of stuff. You know, you know, what's kind of been the, the rest of your timeline on YouTube for kind of like how your content really has evolved over time over the last few years and and what were the types of things that you've learned over time that you have been able to to help you get to get or do some different things well around that time in 2016 it was like i wanted to bring more news real life stuff into my channel but also still keep up with uh video games so keep up with the gaming side um and I was still doing that. I was doing like in the weekdays, gaming, weekends, real life stuff and the race reviews and things like that. Um, but it got to a point in time where it started to be a bit much. And I started falling out of the love for gaming and was kind of doing it just for videos. I was doing it just, you know, to put out a video, which uh, that's one of, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned just through YouTube in general is you cannot force yourself to, to do something you don't want to do because the fans will see right through that. The fans see you're just doing it just to make a video. They're going to see right through that. And I look back on a lot of my later content with gaming that it just felt fake. It didn't feel authentic. Um, and my more true passion was more into the news type of stuff, into you know the real life world of NASCAR. And I want to say around 2018, around that era is when I completely almost abandoned, like I completely kind of just stopped gaming uh, in general and started focusing on new stuff. You, well, you, on top of that, you have school in the play. You have to mix, make sure obviously your schoolwork is up to date. And that kind of became too much to handle with YouTube work because with YouTube at the time, I was using the lowest, uh, cheapest form of Photoshop. I used a thing called paint.net and editing that just took up hours upon hours of my time. And trying to focus that on top of that with schoolwork, it became way too much. And I think around mid-2018, I kind of stopped uh, uh, videos altogether. I just, I, I, I stopped making videos just because it was too much to handle. And it became more of a job than a hobby, even though I was getting paid like five bucks. Still, it felt more like I have to do this instead of I want to do this. Um, and, and around 2020, I sort of get a clear picture of what I want to do, how I want to do it and how I want it to be perceived and sort of just expanded on that. Um, I worked, I watched a lot of uh, videos about speech, about how you talk, how you communicate so that whenever I explain something, it's in a way that is precise, that it, there's no like, uh, mm, uh, there's no like stuttering involved. Or there's no like having to think back and wait and think about what you said. I write down, uh, nowadays, I write down uh, a lot of my points, like little bullet points, instead of back then, I would think on the fly. You know, I would get like my ideas or get my ideas from what I see and you know what, what people were saying, 
but I come up with my own conclusion on the fly. I wouldn't write it down or think about it. And so a lot of the videos in 2019, 2020 were more just, uh, they weren't, they were kind of like off the wall. It was kind of like you roll with it and whatever happens, happens. Whereas now it's more formulated, it's more to the point, it's more precise, and it's more clear with what I want to say and how I want to say it. Because they were, I looked at some of the comments back then, and there were some people that were confused on what I was trying to say. And I had to explain to in the comments, no, this is what I mean, A, B, C, D. I don't want to do that. I want to so that once you see it, you know exactly what I mean and what I say. Well, that's a tough thing to learn too. You know, when you're trying to to communicate to a camera and communicate to, you know, you're 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 communicating to people that you don't see. You know, quite frankly, you know, yeah. it's you have to learn the value of things like preparation and the things like you know how to project yourself clearly in a way that people can understand in a way that it makes sense. And that's something that takes a long time to learn. And it's not. I don't think it's as easy as some people would like to think that it is. Oh, no, it's not. Even to this day, I still I've gotten a lot better at it. But to this day, I still have those like those um, uh, hmm, moments. (laughs) It's kind of like even though if you write stuff down, you still have those kind of like those blank spots, Uh, even though it's a lot better than back then, even two, three years ago. Even you can hear now in this interview, I still kind of have those moments uh, because I'm not. I'm not a social person. I'm an I'm an introvert, really. So even just talking in general, uh, even though I'm not talking to anyone, I know there's people watching. So it's kind of like it's still kind of like having to work out that social aspect of speaking to a quote unquote crowd, even though that there's none in front of you. Um, it's it's an ever evolving process. You just keep growing and growing and growing and growing. I don't think you can ever get to a point where, oh, you've made it. You know, like you've you've hit it. You know, you got it. You you're always learning every single time you make a video, every single year that goes by, more videos you produce, you learn how to make more of a perfect video than you did before. And I think even now I'm still learning, I'm still growing. And I know that the content now is not gonna be the content even in February. And I always look, okay, what can I do? How can I make it more interactive, more entertaining, more informative, so that more fans or fans that make just be casuals, turn them into hardcore longtime subscribers uh, down the line. Yeah. And I, I, you know, interesting what you said about being someone that's more of an, an introvert, you know, and a lot of people may make that assumption when someone's on the camera, you know, on YouTube, stuff like that, they'll make the assumption that this person is probably just really outgoing and not always true, you know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, I mean, there are some people, I think you've, I think Johnny Carson's an example people have said about someone that just, you know, when the lights come on and the microphone's hot and the cameras, the cameras on, you know, they're able to communicate and are able to just input a personality that's just very different than the way that they are, um, you know, off screen when they're maybe not as extroverted and, and that sort of stuff. So it's interesting you say that because it's just, it's, it's, it's weird how much people will assume how much of an extrovert you are just because you are on camera. And that's not always true. Yeah, like um, <laughs> even my 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 parents and my family members when they watch my videos, they're they're shocked because they're thinking this is not you. <laughs> how you are on camera, how you are off camera, are two completely different personalities. Uh, so it is kind of funny hearing other people's reactions when they do find my channel and knowing that I'm so outspoken. Know that, I mean, even from the truck race video I did last week. I mean, if you knew me in real life, you would not think I would have that type of reaction about anything. I'd be that hyper. I would be that out there about anything in life just because of how I perceive myself when talking to other people or in social situations where I'm more timid and just more of, you know, in my own space, in my own mind. But I feel like when I make videos, I'm comfortable. It's kind of like, you know, obviously I'm not comparing, but it's like when you hear race car drivers say that they're the most comfortable in the race car, even though you know that it's very dangerous. They feel the most comfortable with me. I know that if I'm on stage or if I'm holding a microphone, if I'm on camera, I just feel more, I just, that's where I feel the most comfortable. I feel like in my own element, in my own space, because, you know, what I'm doing, it's something that I know, maybe not know everything, but I know that I'm very passionate about and people can see that. And I just feel like I'm talking to people that get me, that get what I'm saying that, you know, we're kind of like in this together type of community. Whereas in social situations, if you're just out there talking to random people, 
You have no idea what they're thinking, no idea what they're saying, no idea about anything. Yeah, and it's it's just so interesting how, you know, just, you know, you talk about comfort in front of a camera. Like, I mean, it's just like, it's just crazy how like every time how, you know, a lot of times people will get nervous before they turn the camera on once they once they turn it on the microphone's hot. It's just you just do it because that's yeah. what you that's what you've done. That's what you're good at. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you hear drivers say, I just want to get in the race car or whenever you're filming videos, broadcasting, anything like that. You know, you just want that. You just want to start talking because that's what you're good at. That's what you're exactly. trying. That's what you're prepared yeah. to do. You know, that's kind of what you're looking for. Kind of, you know, speaking on that tone, you know, you, you know, of of broadcasting and stuff like that. You mentioned how you were in school a little bit during that late 2010s, early 2020s time frame. You know, did you did you go to school for broadcasting or and uh, where did you go to school? I have an assumption for you went, but um, well, I'll see if I'm right. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So I finished high school in 2020, and then 2020. Uh, in i believe in june of 2020 obviously august of 2020 i went to a community college just to get my associate's degree um and last year in fact last fall i transferred to ucf to be a part of the uh, in the the broadcasting department um the thing is is that in the broadcasting department or the journalism department of of at ucf there's a very selective program and they only have they only accept like what 20 people, maybe like a, a small handful of people every year. Um, I knew that if I didn't get into it this year, I would have to wait a whole nother year. And I just had to keep pushing back my graduation process. Well, I'm also wanting to do things that I'm doing things right now that involve YouTube, that involve content creation, that I kind of want to start going at a head on. I know that if I stay in school, I stay in that environment. I'm kind of taking my time away and I'm just kind of pushing back my full entry into what I want to do in real life in the NASCAR world. And so I was journalism pending in a sense, but I'm now in the film department of things. So I'm still getting, you know, what, what to do on camera. I'm still knowing, hey, how do you talk? Um, what for camera lighting, things like that. Things I need also for my YouTube side that I could definitely work on, work on audio, work on cameras, you know, certain angles, things like that. So I kind of use with UCF and what I'm learning there, I use that and in real time, I'm just implementing that into my YouTube creation as to kind of use this as a portfolio for the real world, whether it's someone in NASCAR or just in racing in general, just say, Hey, this is this, this is what you're getting. If you're gonna, if you want me to work with you, this is what you see. This is what I can do. So with UCF, I'm kind of using that as like a platform, but using YouTube as, as guess you could say my resume, you know, not so much using UCF or like, you know, my, degree my bachelor's as my resume using youtube as my resume and using ucf as just feeding information but putting it all out there on youtube that's interesting how you're kind of combining film and youtube and into a way to go into media that's a unique uh unique skill set but it makes a lot of sense you know given especially the way that the world is going i mean you know there's you know it's it's a much different world than it was. And I, and, and I think, you know, the media world, I think is more open than it ever has been in terms of allowing people into it. You know, there are so many ways you can find your way into it throughout your life. It really is. And, uh, you know, you're definitely an example of that with the way that you're kind of going about your education. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's been, it's been interesting hearing, um, you know, other classmates about what they want to do because there have been, I've had classmates that are, even though they're in journalism class or they're in film class, they kind of don't know what they want to do or what, what to do with their degree. Uh, so it's kind of funny when they ask me and I already have like a plan set out about, I want to do A, B, C, D, E. Like I know exactly what I want to do, how I want to do it. Um, you know, they kind of see and how I view it. I just view UCF as kind of like, as like a testing ground, just so like, okay, this is what I can do. This is why I can pick their brains with whatever things like that and just apply it for the real world because I'm expected to graduate next year. I got, you know, I cannot, you know, I have to already start planning now, preparing now. So get all the information I can, but really focus my craft on this, on my, my channel, on my work ethic. So that I, by the time I do graduate, I already have something planned right after, you know, I don't want to wait when I'm graduating. Okay. Well, hmm, what what can I do or what can I use this for? I want it to get to a point where I'm already ready, whether I have this degree or not. If I have the degree, then great. But even if I don't have it, I still already have my plan set up. So 
again, I just kind of use UCF as just like a testing ground to kind of test new things, try new things to build little stepping stones, but use this channel and use my platform on social media as like the real building blocks to get to where I want to be. What is that ultimate place that you want to be at at some point? Like, do you have like a, a five-year plan for your goal for how you want to, you know, being in YouTube, stuff like that? Like, you know, what, what, what is that goal that you have set out for yourself? Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, how with athletes, it's kind of like you start local, then you go college, collegiate, then you kind of build up from being a small platform to then uh, to be worldwide. I want to start off with, you know, going to maybe the more local, you know, short track to things, working with their working content wise. Then eventually I want to work with NASCAR, you know, be a part of NASCAR social media, NASCAR filmmaking, whatever that type of content may be. And then eventually get to a point where hopefully, you know, and this is kind of like the, this is the part where uh, it's like a dream scenario where you kind of have, I can use this channel to basically cover anything. If I want to go cover IndyCar or cover Formula One, because I do have like a lot of like thoughts and opinions about Formula One, you know, and connections within those communities. I just never had the time to do it, but it's something that I'm very passionate about. It's something that I want to be able to basically go to races, explain what my thoughts on this, give my like kind of like journalistic opinions or kind of like do race reviews and things like that. Just be a part of racing in general so that I can travel the world cover what I want, how I want it, and just, you know, have fun living, living a dream of being able to go to a race and just, I guess you could say, kind of be a journalist, even though I don't consider myself a journalist at all, because the way how I want to perceive videos, again, is more from an entertainment perspective, not so much from an informative standpoint, even though I want people to be informed, more, I most importantly want people to be entertained and to kind of use this platform as a way to also bring in new people that may not be in, invested into racing. So you talked about, you know, wanting to be an entertain, wanting to entertain. And, and that's, that's, that's interesting. And that's something that, you know, you have to, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, if you want to go into news, particularly being on TV, you have to find a way to be entertaining and, and that sort of mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, you've talked about how, you know, you try, you know, your your personality is very different, you know, on camera versus off camera. What are what are the types of things that you try to, to go for to try to make yourself enter as entertaining as possible so that you can kind of strike that balance between being informative and also entertaining at the same time? It, it's most importantly just to be real, you know, don't, don't sugarcoat your feelings. Like I said earlier, if I'm mad about a rule change, or whatever like that, you're going to see it. Um, I look again at that truck race I did on Friday night where I mean, I was kind of losing my mind. That's because how I genuinely felt, you know, I want people to relate to me, to what, what I'm saying, how I'm feeling that kind of like, I get what you're saying. Like, I feel the same way you feel. I don't want to be, because I feel like there's already enough journalists that have the same or journalists or people that are on YouTube that are doing NASCAR news that kind of have the same feeling about it. Like they kind of like, okay, there's a certain line. I don't want to skew away from that line. I want to be kind of like in the middle, man. I kind of don't want to be that with my feelings. I'm going to give you like a middle uh, opinion, but if I'm like off to the wayside, I will show it being off to the wayside either way, whether I'm happy or sad, things like that. To um, my dad always say, you're kind of like um, a more in like like an intelligent version of Stephen A, <laughs> where a lot of stuff you say, even though you're very like entertaining and how your reactions are, you also know what you're saying a little bit. Like people understand what you're trying to say. And that's the most important thing, I think, is to be informed so that people can trust you about what you're saying, but be entertaining so that people can keep coming back to you, whether if it's a news story or something that something wild happens, your thought is, oh, I can't wait to see what he thinks about it. I had a lot of people that were saying that after that truck race, a lot of people were saying, oh, I can't wait to hear your reaction about this because they know I'm gonna give them something that they're gonna remember. Uh, and so that's how I want it, want to be perceived as someone that you can go to for news or for whatever to that can be trusted, but you can keep coming back for entertainment value because you know that 10, 12 minutes, however you spend on the video, it's going to be well spent. An intelligent version of Stephen A. Smith. That's an interesting <laughs> way to describe things. That is so I, interesting. I listen to a lot of Stephen A. takes and I'm just like, oh, how is this guy on TV? <laughs> but 
<laughs> entertainment. That's why. Exactly. Um, enter, yeah. enter, 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 well, then again, that goes back to it. You know, it's about you've got to find a way to make yourself entertaining. You know, that's that's one of the most important aspects of being a content creator is making yourself entertaining and making it to the point where people want to hear what you have to say on a topic because they know that it's going to be entertaining and it's going to be funny. Like, I mean, we'll use Stephen A. Smith as, as an example, listening to him and LeVar Ball talk to each other eight years ago was <laughs> probably not the most educational thing in the world, but people watched why, because they knew it was going to be funny. And sure enough, it was. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the thing is, you're on YouTube, your goal is to be you, like, that's one of the most important things if you're going to be a YouTuber, or to have any type of platform in social media is you have to be entertaining. There's enough real journalists in NASCAR that can give you all the bits and you know, all the, you know, down and dirty things like Bob Pockers, Jeff, Lutt, you know, do you know would I like to be another have another role in that landscape? Yeah, sure. But I know that if if I'm going to be like under Let's say if I'm going to be working for someone, I know that there is a certain way I can say certain things. You know, I won't be able to, I would have to toe the line. But if I'm working for myself, I'm working for just me, just giving like my honest opinion. Hell, I, I, I mean, I can say whatever I want. You know, I, want, I don't want to be able to be kind of restricted as to, okay, you have to be, you know, tone it down, man. Like you can't, you know, you can't say like, you know, thoughts on the playoffs you can't say you know this this and this you can't call a driver abc but i'm like if that's what i feel i gotta say it you know <laughs> well that's you know so that's one great thing about being you know independent on youtube is you are able to be honest and be able to just kind of give your raw feelings you know that's something that you know is a is a benefit for being in the yeah. position that you're in so that's something that's great and uh you know one even though you don't have you know you know even though you're you're working for yourself being on YouTube, you still have people that you can depend on to give you ideas, give you advice, things like that. And in terms of other YouTubers, you know, who are some other NASCAR content creators that you've met, reached out to, that sort of stuff that, you know, you've you've been inspired by over the years and how they do their how they create their content? Well, there are. Well, the, again, the person that kind of got me into YouTube is someone that I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm not going to name on this, uh, but. Uh, you know, that I've had certain people that I've been inspired by to start making content and how I perceive content. I mean, I look at, I mean, I look at Eric Eastep, how he does his videos and it's just like the, the quality that he uses, the background, like to get an idea of like, to kind of make your, even like how your background or your videos plays a massive role in it. And I look at Eric's videos. I'm like, okay, how he says certain things and also how he talks because he talks I mean, I'm jealous of how he talks because he's able to make things so clear. I'm still kind of struggling, still working on it, but how he says things, it's so clear. I look at how he styles his videos, you know, like the background looks, it looks unique to him. It's, you know, it's like, you can tell this is his, his fingers are all over everything. Also look at maybe if you look at the more kind of in-depth form of content, you know, kind of the historical wise of videos. Uh, a latest one I look at now is uh, Eli Productions. Uh, he's someone that, I mean, his videos are fantastic to watch and how he says things in a way that kind of just makes you chuckle, you know, because you don't want to just, just say ABCD. You don't want to be just point blank with things. You kind of want to have your own twist to things. Uh, even that just makes you go, what the, what did he just say? You know, that just kind of like just keeps you hooked whether it's through editing, whether it's through what you say on the mic. I, I look at also uh, uh, Black Flags Matter, The Iceberg. There's a lot of people I go to for like inspiration or to as ways to see, hmm, you know, what can I, what can I look from them that I can say, okay, I could do this to make my videos better because I look at them, you know, all those guys, I mean, they're, they're big for a reason because what they do, they're able to captivate audiences and they're able to keep them in for the long run. What can I do to also be a part of that wheel? I mean, because I, I, I don't think I'm there yet. I think I still got a lot of work to do. These guys have figured it out. So I look at those top creators on how they're able to just format their videos in the way that can just keep people entertained and subscribe for and also keep that view duration a, a while so that they're not just tuned in for one minute. They're tuned in for eight, nine, ten minutes, you know?
Well, I mean, those are all people that we've had, you know, on the show before as well. So, uh, you know, uh, I do uh, feel like, you know, don't short sell yourself. You know, I mean, you know, we've interviewed a lot of them as well. And, you know, you you have your own following, too. So, you know, don't you know, don't short sell yourself too much, you know, and in a lot of ways is what I'll I'll say to you. But, uh, you know, you know, you you talk about, you know, how having all those people there and and that's something that, you know, wasn't always there in the NASCAR content creation space, you know, seven, eight years ago, you didn't have all these people that were creating and making all these different types of content. And now we're seeing them, you know, being able to go to racetracks and gaining some more, a little bit more respect in the, in, you know, amongst media members and things like that. You're, you're slowly seeing that amongst a lot of, uh, amongst a lot of YouTubers. And that's really great to see. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, you're, you're hoping that you'll be able to, to feel some of the fruits of that here over the next few years as you work towards graduating. Yeah, I, I think, you know, especially this year, uh, things that have happened in the background, you know, I never my wildest dreams would have ever expected. Because uh, I didn't think I was at that level yet. I'm always I'm always someone that it, it's it is a very toxic thing to do, but I always bring myself down because I always think that, why am I getting like this and this opportunity? Because I don't I don't think my videos are there yet. So, like, I don't think I've, I've hit the point where I can, you know, you get, the, like you said, the fruits of your labor. I don't think I'm, I'm not there yet. I always think that like my videos are, you know, oh, this can be worked on, that can be worked on, this can be worked on. If you show it to other people, they'll be like, you know, my family members and my friends are like, you know, your videos are great, things like that. Yet I can point out maybe like five, eight things I did wrong in it and say, oh, I need to work on that. I need to work on this. And they're like, just dude your videos are good chill i'm like yeah but it can be worked on you know uh so it's like i said it's an ever-evolving process you just keep learning keep growing um but uh, for what has happened this year and where i see not only this channel but also this sport going forward like i'm excited for what happens in 2024 and beyond after i graduate because and this is i'm also an optimistic person but i just feel like things are just going to get better and better and better from here what what is the the one big thing that you did that was just so beyond your wildest dreams that you feel is the most memorable thing that's happened to you on YouTube to this point? Well, it was in a weird way, it started on TikTok. It was last year, and I got a message on TikTok and it said NASCAR. And I'm thinking, ah, it was probably just like a fake NASCAR channel. And it was, oh no, this is nascar's actual tiktok page and then they found my youtube channel and you know they said hey you know would you know we would like to fly you you know we would you like to go to the clash me you want me i don't even i don't know if i had ten thousand subscribers at the time you want me like are you sure and you know and from that point on uh you know i've been you know be able to talk to more people within nascar and you know they even wanted me to do a chicago video you know prepping them for chicago and seeing that how they see something in my videos that they feel like there is something there that it, there is something that can grow to something very big down the line um that is something i never ever thought was possible even two years ago um there are also there were also other videos that i kind of look at from just from what i've said uh standpoint not really much the story but just from how i said it like i look at in 2020 the a video i did about kyle larson and that incident you know being someone that you know me and darian are the really only creators at least that i know of that are black that have uh, a different way of seeing th certain things, at least from maybe a social justice or from a different perspective, maybe other people have it. Uh, videos like that where I think kind of separated myself from other content creators and be able to grow that and kind of also use this channel as a way to, uh, like I said, bring in other uh, other younger viewers. You know, I've, you know, this channel, I've talked to people that, you know, other black NASCAR fans that have watched my videos and become fans of that. And that is something that I just never, ever thought in my wildest dreams I would ever have that type of reach or have that type of reaction for. You know, and you 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 talk about, you know, being, you know, one of the very few content creators of color and, and, and stuff like that that are in that are making content on NASCAR right now at this point. And, you know, I mean, it was what. Was that something that you thought about early on when you were starting YouTube, or is this something that's that's kind of come up in recent years? And I mean, I fully agree with you. you know having you and Darian and people like you in here to to provide that other perspective that you know 
sometimes, you know, it can be tough for people like me to, 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 or it's a perspective that I don't have, you know, it's a really, it's really cool to kind of have that, you know, was that something you thought about when you started YouTube? Not necessarily. I didn't notice it. I didn't notice I had like, Hey, there's, you know, there's no, there's no one that looks like me that you see on TV in NASCAR races, at least not, I mean, you do have Brad Doherty, but it's really about it outside of him. Um, so I did kind of look at that as a way to kind of just throw my hat in there as, Hey, here's someone that not only is doing NASCAR, but looks completely different from the normal. Um, and then obviously have, having Darian come in and using this platform or using YouTube as a way to really change how people perceive the sport so that it's more accepting so that it's not just one certain type of people can watch it. Other, everyone can watch and everyone can feel accepted and welcoming uh, to be part of the NASCAR community and things like that. Um, so it's something that it was like a mention. It was like a thought, but that was really it. But as the years go by, you look at it and, and think, even though I'm small, I'm a, I'm a small channel. So I could think, you know, you could, you know, you could really have a big impact if you can being able to grow your channel, you can have a big impact impact that is much bigger than your channel, bigger than NASCAR to, like I said, make it more welcoming for everyone. Yeah. And that's, that's so important is making sure that the sport's welcoming for everyone. And even, you know, in, 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 in content creation and, you know, I mean, having people, you know, you know, you having, being able to have, you know, people say, Hey, there's someone that looks like me that's able to, you know, that's a fan of NASCAR that, you know, that, that talks about it and that sort of stuff. And, you know, that's something that's, that's, uh, that's very important. And it's, and it's a huge part of, uh, of, of helping, you know, to grow the sport beyond, you know, what it, what, what the fan base that it once had at one point, that's really great to see. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see that you, um, that that's something that's, uh, that's important to you. And, you know, you, I, you know, I love, I love hearing stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, seeing when I, when I first heard of Darian Black Flags Matter, first thing I thought was like, Let's go. Got another one looks at me. All right. And then Elite Precision 29 is another uh, content creator that is growing, growing. And I really enjoy his videos. It's like, okay, it's like we're we're building something. We're, we're starting to see, you know, more different types of people. Like I would love to be able to just like in a dream landscape, you can have, you know, just NASCAR content creators of all types, whether it's men, women, if you're black, white, Asian, Latino, just all types of content creators. Because you look at it, one thing that I'm really jealous of is with F1, you have that. You have every type of person you can imagine that talks about F1. And NASCAR, even though we are growing, it's still like, we still, there's, you know, it's still, it's going to take some time. But I believe that what you see what the sport is doing. And I think where content creation is going, especially in the NASCAR community, it can grow to a point where, you know, like we said earlier, where it can be, you can see everyone just talk about their love for the sport and come together and really start, you know, doing something big. Yeah. And that's awesome to see. It always is great to see. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, something that, uh, you know, NASCAR definitely without a doubt is a, a huge fan of having and that's really um, awesome to see that you know that you un understand that and that you're able to you know kind of be you know that person that people can you know look at to be like hey there are people you know of color that watch NASCAR and stuff like that and that's awesome to you know really cool to see and uh, you know uh, Jed I mean I guess it just you know parting thoughts here today you know just uh, you know what what for you like you know if, if you would have to say what would be kind of like your ultimate success as a NASCAR YouTuber down the road ultimate success um i guess so the the ultimate success as a nascar youtuber would be i think to simply put would be to be able to do this for for a living uh, i mean i don't know i feel like that's a gel that's a very selfish way of looking at it because also use this channel as a way to bring in more people in but you know more or less to be able to be a part of nascar and use the hobby that i've been doing for 10 years now and turn that into a job, turn that into something where I can really put all my eggs into this basket. I could put all my my passion into this instead of having to split it, trying to do two things at once. I can focus on this and just this and grow it to something, uh, grow it to a place where I can think it could be sustainable for years down the line instead of just having to do this as a hobby and only a hobby have being a part of nascar doing nascar making nascar content as a part of my life for decades instead of just having this be like a little side thing 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the dream, being a NASCAR content creator full-time. That's the dream of a lot of people. So, uh, you know, Jet, thank you so much for coming on here to Next Gen Creators today. Uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate you uh, uh, coming on. Once again, folks, Jet NDK here on Next Gen Creators. Once again, that was Jet NDK on Next Gen Creators. Thank you so very much for listening to Next Gen Creators, the Daily Downforce podcast, where we talk about the next generation of NASCAR content creators. It was a very cool conversation with Jet to talk about, you know, a lot about his philosophy, what got him into YouTube, and also trying to make himself entertaining as well and uh, what it is that he tries to do to set himself apart you know what it is you know how important it is to be honest to be real and also how important it is for him to also you know balance that with making sure that he allows all sides of the story to be told and also at the end a really cool discussion as he talks about how important it is being one of you know the uh, a content creator of color as well in in the nascar a fan base and uh, how important that is for him to reach that part of the the community and try you know to bring in a more diverse fan base into nascar and uh you know uh the type of stuff that he works at there uh thank you so much once again to jet for joining us be sure to follow us on social media at daily downforce on twitter at daily downforce on instagram the daily downforce on facebook as well also head to dailydownforce.com for some daily nascar content all throughout the off season as well once again i'm josh Lepowski saying so long for now on next gen creators